Hey, this is Mark Cochran, and we're listening to Pro Lacrosse Talk. On Shriver. Tyler with scores! Now it's like Cadell scores! Hands off for Rabel, switches hands and scores! Kylie O'Miller showing off those shifty skills. Right off the bat, there's Lyle Thompson! Low to high, ripped a hammer for Mark Cochran. Welcome to Pro Lacrosse Talk, the voice of Pro Lacrosse. I'm Hunt, he's Adam, together we're bringing you interviews with your favorite players and coaches, as well as news from all four professional lacrosse leagues. We're here with Mark Cockerton, a tackle with the Boston Cannons, a member of the Canadian men's national team. Mark, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. We appreciate you coming on uh, this off-season, Mark. And uh, to start, we just want to talk about how you grew up in Oshawa, where lacrosse is a big part of your life. Uh, your dad, Stan, was a legend in his own right in the junior A circuit. I'm in college at NC State. But talk to me about growing up and playing lacrosse in Ontario, and how much of an influence did your dad have on your game? Uh, yeah, you know, he had a huge influence on I me. Mean, he was kind of growing up in Ontario, you know, you kind of have either lacrosse or mainly just main sports hockey. So everybody plays hockey when they grow up. And then you have basically a decision to make, whereas mine was kind of easy. You know, my dad was a big lacrosse guy. So when I got to that age, um, you know, I wasn't influenced at all by the hockey. I just always knew I wanted to be a lacrosse player. So in that regard, it was awesome. But, uh, you know, he got me in at an early age. Uh, I started playing. I do I do a lot of coaching. So a lot of guys get in the – start playing at like 13, 14 plus. You know, I started when I was four. So – Wow. which is pretty crazy, but it's yeah. not out of the norm for here in Canada. It's a huge lacrosse town, you know, Oshawa, Whippy area. Um, you know, my dad was kind of the first from this area to start, but, you know, we got players like Zach Greer, Mark Matthews, you know, Zach Palmer with the Hopkins, you know, Chad Totten, a lot of guys that went down south. We got started that trend. And now if you look at it across the board, there are guys from this area going south, you know, every single year, tons of guys. So, you know, growing up here, it's one of the biggest lacrosse towns in, you know, in the entire world. So, I feel fortunate in that in that aspect, but um, you know, I always knew I wanted to be a cross player, and you know, it's just it's awesome. That's great. Yeah, I was talking to my father-in-law last night. He actually played at Towson the same time your dad was in at NC State, and he was pretty honest that your dad torched him on defense a lot. So he had a lot of good things to say about your dad. I mean, I didn't get to see him play because we mm-hmm. didn't really have the greatest technology back then. But uh, I mean, I heard some stories from a lot of guys that I meet, uh, you know, in the lacrosse world, and. Uh, they have always great things to say about him, and I, you know, I wish I could have seen him play. You know, he's an absolute beast, so uh, it kind of sucks, but, you know, you just kind of live off the stories, and, you know, he's, he still has some records, too, so that's yeah. pretty, pretty cool to have that. Yeah, that's great. Um, but kind of moving on to your college career a little bit, you ended up playing, going down south to play for Dom Starja uh, at the University of Virginia. You had a stellar career with the Wahoos. You finished with uh, 157 points. Talk about your decision uh, to go play for Coach Starja at UVA, uh, and how do you think that really prepared you for your pro career? Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously UVA is a great lacrosse program, and that's kind of what I wanted to get out of. Um, you know, going down south. You know, I wanted to get a good education and a good lacrosse experience at a, a top-notch school. So, you know, I was kind of going through my recruiting process. I, My dad went to NC State. I obviously don't have a program anymore, but I always was kind of, I don't want to say obsessed, but, you know, I was always intrigued by the ACC. You know, it's good academic schools, good lacrosse. And um, so it was either between that, you know, North Carolina, Duke. And um, I visited them all and uh, – I don't know if you guys have been down to Charlottesville at the uh, UVA, but I fell in love with the campus the minute I stepped on campus. It, it's just an unbelievable spot. You know, coming also coming down from or being from Canada, you know, it's cold up here, and I wanted to get, you know, as far south as I could, just get some nicer weather, some warmer climate. And down there, it was at the time, the I think, one of the furthest south schools. So it was just, for me, it was a no-brainer. Good academic school, good overall across school. 
and you know it just it all worked out which was which is awesome yeah, that's great. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually from the Northern Virginia area, but I've been down to Charlottesville a few times, and it's very, like, historic. Spot. Yeah, it, it's awesome. Um, and I, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the national championship run your freshman year. Um, I was actually at that game in Baltimore with my family, uh, but what was it like, you know, that experience winning the championship right from the jump? Yeah, I mean, it sounds cliche, but it honestly was a dream come true. I was, I was going to absolutely nuts when it happened, and uh, luckily for me, you know, being like one of the top recruits, I was able to step on the field, you know, my freshman year, which was, which was awesome. You know, not many guys at top programs can can say that. So, going into the you know the final four, I I actually moved from attack to midfield, and uh, one of our top middies got hurt, which kind of meant me you know having a you know starting midfield role, which was which was awesome. You know, I think I had three three goals against Denver in the final four, and then a couple of assists in the final game, and it was just an awesome experience. You know, playing at a venue. You know, that caliber at M&T Bank in Baltimore. And then, you know, just having, you know, 40-plus thousand fans there. You know, as a freshman, it was it was unbelievable. And it kind of sucked, too, at the, at the same time. You know, you think you're going to get back to the Final Four. And, you know, after that, I thought I was going to win another one, blah, blah, blah. But it didn't end up happening. And, you know, but I'll, I'll always say, really, you know, that one national championship they had and that ring. And, you know, it was just, it was just an unbelievable experience overall. Yeah, we we've had Dom uh, Starja and Steel Stanwick on on the pod uh, in in recent months, and they kind of talked about uh, how that it was such a special experience for them as well. So definitely, that's awesome. Yeah, I would also add just on that. You know, it was just we actually well we lost a couple of our key guys too right before the tournament started, and you know I don't want to say the underdogs because UVA is not always an underdog, but it kind of was that year. We you know no one expected us to win. So in that aspect, it was it was just awesome, you know. We were the seventh-ranked team, and no one expected us to win. And the battle that we went through at the end there was just, it was, you know, it was unbelievable. Yeah, no, Steele mentioned you guys limped kind of into the playoffs. Um, and once you got into the, the playoffs, though, you kind of made that run. You came together, and I think that's a testament to, you know, a championship-caliber team that's able to come together in the toughest moments. So, yeah, definitely a special one for you guys. Yeah, absolutely. And then following uh, your college career, you ended up getting drafted into the MLL by the Rochester Rattlers and eventually uh, found your way to the Ohio machine. Um, in your years there under Bear Davis, uh, you went to the championship in 2016 and lost in a heartbreaker to the Outlaws 19-18. But then you, you got your redemption in 2017, defeating Denver 17-12 to uh, to win that ship. Walk us through uh, those kind of those two seasons and how you overcame that 2016 loss to win it all in 2017. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, that was definitely a heartbreak loss. Actually, yeah, like you mentioned, I started off the Rattlers. We actually went to – so I went to three straight uh, title games in my MLL career, which was crazy. I always tell people that, and they're just shocked. So, we had 2015 I went, 2016, 2017 – or 2016 we lost three in a row. And then to come back in 2017, uh, you know, again, was just an unbelievable experience. But, um, you know, it was tough, but – you know, having that group of guys that we had, you know, the MLLs, you know, every team is, you know, talented, but we had probably, in my opinion, the, the most talent of an MLL team that I can think of, you know, with Tom Schreiber, Marcus Holman, uh, you know, these guys leading the way, Kyle Harrison, Peter Baum, it was just, it was unbelievable. And, uh, you know, you know, we wanted to kind of redeem ourselves from that 2016 year, and we did. And we were down actually to Denver again, uh, in that 2017 title game, we came back and, um, you know, Mike Marcus Holman had about four or five in the fourth quarter. Great leader, great clutch player he is. 
And, um, yeah, no, it was just unbelievable to get that ring. And, you know, I'm trying to do that with Boston. Same thing with Boston right now. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, and let's talk about, too, you were traded to the Cannons from the Ohio Machine during the 2018 season that year. And you scored team's second-best 32 points in just seven games with Boston, including eight-goal performance against your former team in the last game of the season. But uh, what was it like getting traded that season, and how have you really embraced this new Cannons team? And like you said, you know, how are you really preparing uh, them to kind of, you know, make a championship run yourselves? Uh, yeah, I mean, it started off, yeah, it, it kind of, it sucked getting traded. You know, no one wants to get traded and feel like you're not wanted. And that's kind of what happened in Ohio. You know, we were just coming off of a, you know, a championship winning season. I was the leading scorer on the team. And, uh, you know, so to get that call, you know, it actually hurt to be, like, to be honest. But um, at the end of the day, it all worked out. You know, we went to Boston and, you know, it's an unbelievable city, the coaching staff, the front office, everybody there, you know, it's a first class organization. So, you know, I couldn't be happier being there. So it all worked out in the end. But um, even getting there, you know, we had the same same kind of concept. You know, everybody's a good guy, you know, great coaching staff. And, um, you know, I just feel like, you know, coming over, as soon as we, you know, I came over there, you know, we, our team kind of flipped around. And uh, I think they were 0-5 or 0-6 when I first got there. And we ended up having a pretty decent record at the end there. But uh, even this year, you know, we started off great. And I think just so the overall chemistry of the team, overall group that we have there, uh, yeah, we can definitely make a championship run uh, moving forward. That's awesome. Um, and you talked about this season a little bit. You had a stellar, stellar uh, year with career highs, 43 goals, 52 points overall. You guys fell short a little bit in that uh, OT loss in the semifinals to the Outlaws. Still a tremendous season. Uh, what did you see from this Cannon squad this year that really excites you for next season? Uh, again, I think just a group of guys, and not only that, I mean, it sounds sounds bad to say, but I mean, I'm the, the second oldest guy in the team this year, I think. <laughs> not what I'm accustomed to, so that was crazy. So we got a lot of young, talented players. So that's just looking at it from that point of view is awesome. And I was the captain this year, so overlooking the team in general, you know, just the young talent that we have, you know, moving forward, if we can just keep, you know, the same, the same key uh, components together, you know, Zach Goodrich and, you know, Rylan Reese, you know, Nicky Morocco is even a young goalie. We can keep these core guys together. I think that's going to be a great organization for, you know, plenty of years to come. So, you know, I'll, I'll talk to, uh, you know, Coach Quirk, uh, some other guys, and trying to keep all these guys together. If we can do that, yeah, we're going to be, uh, you know, pretty scary good. If, you know, then you got in a couple of key guys from the draft. You know, it'll be a scary good cut moving forward. Yeah, no, I think you, you hit the nail on the head, too, with just the young leaders you have on that team. Because we talked to Nick Morocco. Yeah. Just being his first year as a full-time starter, and just really how a bunch of guys really stepped it up and embraced that leadership type of role. Um, let's transfer a little bit to uh, your international experience. So in 2018, you had the opportunity to travel to Israel, the World Championship with Team Canada. Obviously, not the end result you guys wanted, but um, talk to me about that experience in Israel and how does it feel every time you get to represent Canada? Yeah, you know, again, it's, it's an absolute dream come true. You know, my dad. Um, you know, I hear the stories all the time. He was, um, you know, he scored the game winner in double overtime for Team Canada to win Canada's first world championship. So I actually have that picture in my house right now, and I had it growing up. So to have that, you know, that just kind of reminder, I always wanted to play for Team Canada. And, I, you know, finally get the opportunity. You know, I didn't make the team in 2014 when they won, which, um, you know, I thought I should have been on. But um, to be able to represent Team Canada, you know, the country you live in, you know, you, you kind of buy in and, it was an unbelievable experience. I have it over in, you know, Israel too, where, you know, lacrosse isn't big. I 
you know, my mom, my dad, my brother, my sister, a couple of my best friends, you know, also be there, you know, watching every single game. So to have the support, uh, you know, around me is a huge, um, you know, it's a huge point for me as well. But, um, you know, again, it wasn't the end result we wanted, but, you know, we'll be back in a couple of years. And, you know, it's always going to be that battle between Team Canada and Team USA. So, you know, I'm sure we're going to have another crack at it. And I was looking forward to it actually being in Canada, but I think they just moved it to L.A., which kind of sucks. But um, at the end of the day, you know, it's going to be, you know, our team bonding together and, you know, having that chance to win gold. And you know, I hope they get one more crack at it for sure. That's great. Uh, and kind of going off the international game, you know, there's there's talk uh, of the game moving hopefully to the Olympics at some point. Um, what, what's your mm-hmm. on that and, and any chance you think we'll see you don uh, the white and red as an Olympian one day? Yeah, I hope so. I mean, I, I it's kind of always that up in the air topic. And, you know, I sure. want to play at the end of the day, I, I, I want to play lacrosse as long as I can. So I think. Now, my dad's been working on getting into the Olympics. He was the, you know, president of international lacrosse for a long time. He just stepped down a few years ago, but, you know, his dream was always to get in the Olympics. So I think the earliest they could get in is, I think, 2028, I think, was the earliest, I think, in the L.A. Olympics. So if we could get in that, you know, I'd be, you know, late 30s at the time. But now, again, you know, I train hard and, you know, it's kind of my dream. So, you know, I'll be I'll be working, you know, my hardest that I can to be on that team. And, you know, if I could ultimately do that at the end of the day, it would be, you know, the ultimate dream, I think, especially for lacrosse players being in that first Olympics. Yeah. If you could somehow walk away with gold, it would be, you know, something to remember and kind of, you know, history in the making, I think, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, we look forward, you know, to one day when that uh, the lacrosse is in the Olympics, and you know, hopefully, like you said, it will be 2028. We're going to take a quick break, hear a word from our sponsor, and then we'll dive into our 5-5 five five segment. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Today's show is being brought to you in part by Stitcher Premium. You can use Stitcher Premium to listen to shows ad-free such as Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, My Favorite Murder, Wolverine the Lost Trail, or our favorite, the Fantasy Footballers. For only $4.99 a month or $34.99 a year, you get access to Stitcher Originals, bonus episodes, and comedy albums. Better yet, if you go over to stitcher.com premium and use the promo code lacrosse today, you can get one month free. So head on over to Stitcher, sign up, and get your free trial today. All right, so welcome back. Uh, let's dive into our five and five. Uh, so, Mark, I'll start off with the lacrosse-related questions. The first one I'm going to ask, is uh, who is someone in the lacrosse community that you really admire? Uh, you know, we said it earlier, but I think I think the first person that comes to mind is my dad. You know, he had a lot to do with, you know, the sport in general, especially Canadians, you know, kind of paving the way for, you know, Canadians to go down south. And, you know, now it's it's unbelievable. You see three, four, five-plus Canadians in every roster, which back when he started, he was, you know, one of five Canadians down playing in general. So uh, I think that's the first person that comes to mind. Just the influence he had on me. You know, starting me off at an early age and kind of, you know, growing the game for me and getting me to fall in love with the game. You know, I think it has to be uh, my dad for that for that question. 
Yeah, no, definitely. I figured that might be the answer. <laughs> uh, number two, yeah. what pregame superstitions or routines that you have? Um, I don't know if it's like a, I mean, somewhat of a superstition, but I always like to go out there. Uh, we, we always go out for two warm-ups, so I usually stay. I'm the last one to stay, and I usually try and hit um, each corner with, you know, every different shot that I like to do, you know, whether it's low to high, high to low, uh, you know, sidearm. I like just try and hit every single corner a couple of times just to make sure my six dialed in and I'm feeling it that day. So I usually just try and stay after, you know, our, our first warm-up there and, you know, hit every corner a couple of times. All right, great. Uh, and then, is there a top song on your game day playlist? Ooh, right now, probably not a top song in general, but favorite artist right now is probably Post Malone. Yeah, uh, he's he's a beast. He he kills it out there. He's he's upbeat, but he's also kind of chill at the same time. So I think Posty right now is is my top. Yeah, I was gonna say that that is a good one because he doesn't get you a little too high. I mean, that's the problem. Sometimes you don't want to get like, yeah for games, but you also you know you want to. Stay a little ahead of the Exactly. Time. Yeah, exactly. Uh, number four, what is your current lacrosse stick setup in terms of shaft and stringing? Uh, right now, I have a Maverick. No, wait, I have a Maverick. I, it sounds, I don't know the name of the actual shaft. Head, I have the uh, Tactic 2.0 um, set up. And I usually like to go uh, like a mid to high pocket, like pretty deep kind of test out. Uh, you know, basically at the end of, you know, the legal ramifications you can have. But, um, yeah, usually a mid-high pocket, tight string, and then a nice little channel going up top. And then, yeah, Tactic 2.0 Maverick head. And, um, yeah, then a Maverick shaft. I, I'm not too picky about the shaft. I think anything – as long as it's light, I think any shaft is kind of the same. So, but, yeah, usually uh, mid-to-low or mid-to-high pocket. Awesome. And then number five, uh, what has been your favorite venue to play at? You've obviously played at a bunch of different places, uh, you know, in a bunch of different countries as well. So what's been your favorite venue to play lacrosse? Um, there, I mean, yeah, again, there's been so many. But I think at the end of the day, if you ask a lot of, you know, lacrosse enthusiasts around, you know, around the country, I think they'll tell you that Clockner, there's no better place to play, whether it's, you know, Saturday, Sunday, you know, it's a nice day in the spring in Charlottesville. You know, you got the hill on one side, the, you know, the stands on the other. You know, if you get a game against, you know, Syracuse, Duke, Hopkins comes into town, you know, you got a nice sunny day. I think Clockner by far is uh, the best venue to play lacrosse in for sure. All right. So we'll move on to some off-the-field question. Uh, now, yep. now that you've gotten acclimated in Boston a little bit, uh, what's one of your place, favorite places to hang out or go while while you're in Mass? Oh, uh, we, sp- <laughs> we spend quite a bit of time, but, you know, downtown. We usually go out downtown a little bit. Okay. We play about half hour south, you know, Quincy. So yep. um, it's nice to get downtown. You know, you kind of drive through when you, you know, you land at Logan Airport there. But, um, yeah, we go to a place, you know, right across from, you know, uh, TD Arena. So okay. um, just to get over in that area, you know, the west end there is, is a good spot to go. That's awesome. Um, and kind of going off that a little bit, uh, it might be in Mass or wherever, but uh, what are some – uh, oh, hobbies or activities you enjoy while you're not on the lacrosse field, whether it's in that area or back home? Yeah, I mean, number one hobby right now is golf. You know, I've been playing since okay. I was a kid, and uh, there's actually a lot of good courses up in Massachusetts. We've been actually as a team out to a couple. Uh, Granite Links is unbelievable. It's a little bit south, you know, near Quincy, but which is awesome because then you can, you know, you can golf anywhere you want. So golf right now for sure. 
uh, is my number one hobby. I try and get out a couple times a week, and I'm actually going to Florida uh, in a couple of weeks. So I'll get some uh, some winter golf, which is you know the first time in my career I've been able to do that, which is awesome. Yeah, that's great. Um, and then kind of make, this may help answer your your next one, but who's your favorite current non lacrosse athlete to watch? Oh, right now, by uh, that's actually a toss up. I've been a a huge Tiger Woods fan since yep. you know since I was a kid. I did actually a couple projects on him, and to see him, you know, come back like he did after all those injuries, um, it, watching you know him win the Masters last year, and that, that has to be up there with you know my top uh, you know non lacrosse sporting moments. But I think right now number one is taking overs, especially since I've been a mass Tom Brady. I've been a big Tom Brady fan since you know I started watching football in high school. I played my last couple of years, and you know watching him the way he goes about business and the way you know the type of leader he is, you know I try and emulate him and uh, just try and work hard and just be the type of leader that he is. And uh, you know I'm just trying to do that now the best that I can. But you know, to top him is you know very hard to do. He's the, he's the goat. Yeah, no, well, and he's going to, you know, make his body last this long. Um, so if you maybe take a little bit out of his page, page from his book, uh, you should definitely be able to make the Olympics, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait till I'm 45. That'd be awesome. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and go a little bit. Um, we, we like to hear what the guys uh, like to eat. So what what's your favorite meal, and do you prefer to dine out, take out, or cook at home? Uh, favorite meal by far is pasta. You know, anyone that knows me, I love pasta. I mean, I try and switch it up every now and then, but my go-to would probably just be a nice red sauce with no spaghetti, and then I kind of add in, uh, you know, different meat if I want, you know, whether Italian sausage or, you know, chicken, meatballs, whatever, but, you know, definitely pasta, go-to meal, you know, decently healthy, got carbs in need to get you up, and, yeah, it's the best. Awesome. Any good spots in Boston you like to go? To get to get a good red sauce. Specifically, I actually have not been able to go. I know they have a great, um, you know, Italian kind of you know section down there in the north end, but I just have not been able to get down there. We usually, you know, we play and then the next day we're flying out. I, I stayed down there once this past weekend with my girlfriend, but um, we didn't end up going, which I definitely regret. And I think we're gonna we're definitely gonna have to make a trip down there, and I'll let you guys know when I get there. That sounds good. Yeah. Uh, and then our last five and five, um, what's a book or a podcast um, that you listen to or read uh, that you would recommend to a teammate or friend? Uh, I'm not a huge, you know, podcast guy, but, uh, you know, being up in Canada, you know, Spitting Chicklets, I'm, I'm sure you guys know that. Yep. Um, they, they, they're funny. They got some funny, you know, stories. And I think a lot of the, you know, lacrosse, hockey guys, you know, especially in Canada, you know, they, they love hearing that stuff. It's, my buddy's got me onto it actually recently, and yeah, they got they got some funny stuff going on there. So probably number one right now. That sounds good. Yeah, no, that's a very common answer. Yes, definitely on my list as well, as well as a lot of lacrosse guys, like you said. Uh, you know, especially the Canadians. That I think it's probably the most. Common oh, they love it. Question. Yeah. They love it. All right, we got one final question for you. Um, you were once a young lacrosse player yourself. So, what is some advice that you have for a young player right now looking to one day play lacrosse professionally? Uh, I would probably just say, I mean, a lot of people would say, you know, play multi-sports, this and that. I'd probably say just take advantage of the opportunity. Uh, you know, you're only, you know, able to do, you know, the lacrosse thing one time, whether it's going to college. I'd say just take advantage of it, you know, work hard. 
and you know you you know you don't especially college you don't get another chance at it so you know you're four years and um you know one regret I have you know it's not maybe you know working a little bit hard you know I work I work very hard but you know whether it's going to the weight room a little bit more or taking a couple extra reps you know, I, you know, I wish I was back in college right now and I got another crack at it so I say just take advantage of the opportunity you know work as hard as you can because you, know, you only get one shot at it. No, I love that. That's great. You know, like you said, you got to put in the work, and it may not seem like it's paying off initially, but you'll see the results. Yeah. Mark, where can people find you on social media? Uh, right now, I mean, mostly uh, just Instagram is what I'm on right now. Um, you know, my handle is MarkCochran41. Uh, same with Twitter. I don't usually use Twitter. I kind of just go on to get, like, some news and this and that. But, you know, Instagram for sure, you know, big Instagram guy. So, yeah, MarkCochran41 is the Instagram handle. All right, awesome. So, guys, give uh, Mark a follow. Um, and, Mark, you know, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, again, congrats on your season with Boston, and best of luck as you prepare for the 2020 season. Awesome. Thanks a lot, guys. It's been a good time, and, uh, yeah, I'll talk to you guys in the future. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today's show is being brought to you in part by Stitcher Premium. You can use Stitcher Premium to listen to shows ad-free such as Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, My Favorite Murder, Wolverine the Lost Trail, or our favorite, The Fantasy Footballers. For only $4.99 a month or $34.99 a year, you get access to Stitcher Originals, bonus episodes, and comedy albums. Better yet, if you go over to stitcher.com premium and use the promo code lacrosse today, you can get one month free. So head on over to Stitcher, sign up, and get your free trial today.